What's up, everybody? Welcome into the Growing Green Landscapes podcast. This is your host, Jeremiah Jennings. Thank y'all so much for tuning in to another episode today here on the podcast. We're cranking them out left and right. Nowadays, uh, we're trying to get two episodes out a week and trying to bring uh, quality content with with different kinds of guests and stuff. And um, we're going to continue that today. So I hope y'all can bear with me. I have a little sinus something going on, a little cold. So I'm going to be sipping on some water here uh, while our guest speaks and kind of trying to keep my voice down and the coughing down. But um, it's going to be a super uh, fun episode. I feel like this is going to be one that I'm going to learn a lot about. And uh, I hope you can learn from it too. So without further ado, we'll just kind of go ahead and hop right into it. We have on the line uh, Eric Riley with Amsoil Products today. And uh, Eric, how you doing, buddy? I'm doing awesome. How are you doing? I'm doing pretty good. Pretty good. Just out here trying to beat this sinus stuff and, and keep keep mowing and, and all that. We got vacations coming up, so trying to get a lot done and trying to crank out podcasts. So it's a busy time of the year, but uh, it doesn't sound like I've been busy as you are because you were telling me before we hit the record button that you were uh, trying to get the kids to sleep and one of them was screaming for one thing and one with the other, and that just sounds like a, it's like a fun time. Yeah, it's a, it's always a good time. Kids make things interesting for sure. Yeah, you were saying you you were saying yeah they they always say you'll never be ready for them, but try to be ready for them before you have them. So that's that's definitely something exactly. I'm going to implement. <laughs> that's a good quote. But uh, well, <clears throat> let's just kind of hop right into it, Eric. Uh, this is I we kind of connected on Instagram a while back, and you were telling me about some of your products, and then I heard your episode with Paul on the Green Industry Podcast, and it intrigued me. So. I was like, hey, let's get you on here. Let's tell our audience about uh, the products that you're selling. And, and it really, for the, the audience that I think is listening to us and, and my personal business, I think it's really going to benefit us because uh, you're going to talk about uh, the two-stroke oils that y'all have and uh, the benefits to running them and, and all that stuff. So I'm interested to hear about it. And I'm just going to kind of sit back and let you uh, go into it and just listen. And, and we'll kind of expound on whatever you get into. Absolutely. Well, I appreciate you having me on today. And um, um, like you said, there's a couple things that I just wanted to go over today. Um, you know, if you got a chance to listen to uh, Paul's podcast, you know, we kind of lightly went over some of the things, but maybe we'll go in a little bit deeper today um, and also touch on our four stroke uh, small engine oils that are specifically made for, you know, our zero turn mowers and stand ons and things like that. So. Um, you know, the great thing, if you haven't heard about our two-stroke oils, is I guess I'll kind of go back a little bit, right? So the biggest things that we deal with with uh, small engine equipment is carbon buildup. Um, it severely affects performance in all of our two-stroke equipment. Um, a lot of times we'll see, you know, stuck rings, plugged uh, exhaust ports, and uh, spark arrestor screens. You know, all of this results in power loss. Um, extra smoke, rough running, hard starting. And what this really results in is, you know, equipment downtime, you know, frustration in the business, uh, you know, higher cost of ownership of owning the equipment, so on and so forth. So it just compounds, right? You know, it just, it goes on and on and on about how this compounds and what it comes out to in your business, because, you know, you, when you start calculating man hours and things like that, if you have downtime and your equipment's not running, that's all going to affect your, your, your man hours and how much time that you're going to spend on a property, right? Yep, that's exactly right. That's something that we deal with all the time. We had 
some equipment recently that wasn't starting the right way, and it just it's just frustrating also. I mean, aside from the whole man hours thing, it's just frustrating sitting there pulling on equipment that's not going to run the right way. Exactly. So uh, the great thing about our Sabre 2 cycle, so, you know, for those that aren't familiar with Anzel, Anzel is the first synthetic motor oil that was brought to market for consumer use back in 1972. Um, we were before anybody else out there in the market, right? And our founder, Al Amatuzio, he was a fighter jet pilot who uh, flew fighter jets. And he said, well, if synthetic lubricants were good enough for jets why are they not good enough for vehicles why are they not good for the consumer market so he did a lot of research and development and all these different things and believe it or not uh our saber two cycle oil was like the third or fourth product that he ever produced so this product has been around since the late 70s early 80s um, it's a product that just has superseded every other product out in the market ever since so with that, you know, we've done a ton of testing over the years. Um, like I said, the things that this is really going to help with is carbon deposits, right? So uh, the thing that makes an engine run is it's got to be able to suck. So it's got to breathe air in. It's got to be able to compress the air. And then it's got to be able to combust it with the air and the fuel mixture. And then it's got to be able to blow it out. So, so we call that suck, bang, blow if you're uh, from a mechanic perspective right so the two uh spots that really get clogged up are you know your spark arresters and then your exhaust ports and then sometimes we see issues with ring sticking as well which you know can cause severe engine wear or failure altogether um if those um if those are sticking right so you know the things that we see we've done a lot of testing against uh several other products out there in the marketplace and we have tested these things and the echo are they're still string trimmers and we put 300 hours in a dyno setting on these and we actually mix the saber professional two cycle oil all the way down to 100 to one and it outperformed all of these other products out there on the market your echo your red armor your um lucas all of these other products out there on the market we tested against and these still string trimmers for 300 hours and some of these other products after 45 and 50 hours they were actually having to clean the spark arresters and things like that just to keep the dyno test going to where the anzel saber lubricants were able to run for a full 300 hours without stopping with you know, very minimal uh, plugging and 96% sorry, carbon free on these exhaust ports and spark arrestor screens. Wow. So that's, that's kind of the, the proof's in the pudding then. I mean, you've, you did the test and stuff. So how does that, did y'all uh, test the steel two cycle also? Um, you know, me personally, I don't know, right? Yeah. So I'm an independent distributor, so yeah. I wasn't there for the actual testing. Okay. Uh, so I don't know. You know, it's one of those things that I always ask myself, you know, can we test this oil? Can we test that oil? But, you know, it costs a lot of money for sure um, to do these tests because, you know, there's a lot of legal things that go along with it, yeah. too, when yeah. you're saying this is better than that. So Yeah, and that's – but I get the gist of what you're saying there in that um, – I have personally used Red Armor uh, in the past for my business. I've used Red Armor, and I have used Echo. And uh, I've ran into both the problems that you're talking about. That whole 
the exhaust port getting clogged up is actually something that I had to fix literally like this week. I had to get a new exhaust screen uh, because mine got clogged up and it it wasn't running the right way because the air, what you're saying, it, it couldn't get out of the machine. So it kept bogging right. down the whole time that we were running it. And uh, that is something that I've always dealt with. And I'm, I guess you don't have to test the steel oil because that's what I'm running right now. And it's, I mean, I don't have, I don't have 500 hours on my, on my, the weed deer that I was using. And, uh, that screen is still getting clogged up with stuff. So, um, that is, that's something I deal with personally. I know anybody that runs weed eaters, I'm sure. Uh, and I guess anything, I guess, cause I, I'm not a mechanic by any means on these things. I, I've gotten to the point where I can adjust my carburetors and I'm a happy man. So, I, uh, <laughs> I run them and beat them up and then I take them to the mechanic to fix them. But, uh, so do the blower, do does everything have those exhaust screens on them? Yeah, pretty much all these small engines out there, they all have these spark arresters on there, okay. you know, and is that what the, is that what the technical comes, name for them is the spark arrester? Yeah. The spark arrester screen okay. is the, is the technical name for them. Yeah. Okay. And a lot of people just rip them out. And, yes. you know, I hear that regularly. Like, oh, yeah, that thing gets so clogged up. I just rip it out. And, you know, then I don't have that issue. Well, the problem talk with about that the, is, yeah, is, Talk a, about the negative. Yeah, so the problem with that, the good part is people are right. It doesn't get clogged up because it's not there, right? But the problem is, is you instantly void your warranty. So if you have any in your equipment, uh, it's your warranty's void the second you pull that spark arrestor screen out. And most people are like, ah, oh, well, I mean, I don't really care because it, it doesn't usually break down before the warranty, even if I rip that out anyways. But, you know, what if I told you that I have lawn care companies that have 10 years out of their equipment, they have six to 8,000 hours on this equipment, you know, without ripping them out, right? You know, because the problem is, is even though that screen is so little and so thin and so small, you know, these carburetors are also so little and so small that you change the way that the engine breathes. So it creates a rich or lean fuel mixture when you rip those screens out. So it changes the entire way that the machine operates, which causes premature wear. Because if you're, you know, washing the cylinder walls down with too much fuel or oil or so on and so forth, then it doesn't work the same. The machine is not made that way. There's a reason that the manufacturer puts that equipment in place. Yeah, that's that's a big thing that in it. I was at the dealer the other day, and that's what the guy behind the counter was telling me. Because I have done that before in the past. I don't do it anymore, but I would take the screens off and run them. And he was like, don't ever do that again. He said, "He said, yeah, it'll run for a little bit, but that's terrible for the machine. And this is this – is, I'm so excited to get into this. We're 10 minutes in, and I feel like we could talk for an hour because this is stuff that I'm personally dealing with, and it's – it's so informative because the average guy that's not a mechanic doesn't know this stuff. If you don't know how to work on your two cycle engines, then you don't know that that screen has to stay on there. So, uh, it, it's really cool for me to hear this and hear you talk about it. Uh, so go into like the, uh, you said you have the four stroke, the small engine oil also. Yeah. So, you know, when it comes to the small engine oil, you know, we have made a very specific product you know, what we're known for uh, in the industry of oil is we make specific products for specific applications, right? So the thing that a lot of people don't think about when it comes to small engines is it's not like a car. A car has a transmission in it, right? 
you know, and technically if you have a zero turn, you have a hydrostatic transmission, but that's just for your mower blades. That's not for the engine. It doesn't for the RPMs of the engine. The engine's full throttle or it's at idle, right? You're going to start it up at idle. You're going to put the choke on. It's going to start up. Once it warms up, you're going to throw that thing up at full throttle and you're going to mow with it. It stays full throttle all day long, day in, day out. You know, when you're driving a vehicle, your vehicle has a transmission. The transmission is going to keep that vehicle running at, you know, 1,500 to 3,000 RPMs, and it's going to shift unless you're driving it hard, right? You know, but your average vehicle, it's going to, it's going to uh, drive between 1,500 and 3,000 RPMs. These engines turn high RPMs day in, day out. The other thing is, is most of these engines out there on the market, they're air-cooled, right? They don't have antifreeze built into these engines, right? They don't have closed cooling systems. So these engines run hot. And then what happens, right? We're mowing a, a property and you're next to a flower bed. So what do you do? You put a chute on it to make sure that it mulches and it doesn't blow into the customer's flower bed. Well, guess what happens when you throw that chute on there and to make sure that that grass doesn't blow anywhere? It creates extra uh, wear on the engine that gets hotter than what it was designed to originally. There's a reason that they don't put these things on from the factory. It's great for you know what you do every day as a business right? To keep the clippings where you want them or to mulch them, but it actually creates extra wear on these engines. So this extra heat creates varnish, carbon deposits, and exhaust valve sticking. So the number one thing that we see with these small engines are the exhaust valve stickings. And when that happens, you start losing compression, the engine starts to smoke, you have increased engine maintenance, and early equipment failure. You know, how much do your zero-turn mowers cost? Even if you're going to Home Depot and buying the residential grade because you're just starting up your business, you're looking at $2,000. And then if you're going to a, a heavy-duty equipment store, you could spend upwards of thousand $30,000 for one of these commercial mowers. Why would you want to skimp out on a couple of dollars on a quart of oil? That's right. I hey, You preach it. I'm sitting here listening. I mean, that's... That's so true. I mean, I, my mowers personally that I have, I I run John Deere, and I have twenty five thousand dollars in those mowers, and it's like you're saying, right. why would I? And I have personally, this is like I'm getting convicted listening to this because I have personally put uh just normal like car oil, motor oil in my in my zero turn mowers before, and uh, because it's one of those things I didn't know. I don't know. I didn't know any better, and um. So I, it's cool to see here and listen because what you're saying about the, the RPMs and stuff, that's so true. And it's on those weed eaters also. I know you talked about this with Paul a little bit was when you're running a weed eater, you're not – or a mower, you're not just barely running the thing. You're going full throttle or nothing. And and right. the, the wear and tear that you're putting on that. And that's – I've personally uh, – I mean, I've been getting three and four, three or four years out of my weed eaters, but that's about it. By the end of that, they're worn out. So if you're sitting here and you can say you have proven products that have, have making equipment last eight to ten years with thousands of hours, that's that's an insane value that you might pay a little bit more for up front, but it's going to save you so much money down the long run because you're not buying more equipment year in and year out. Absolutely. And that's the big thing when it comes to all of this, you know. And it, and I, I see it and hear it all the time, Jeremiah, when it, when it comes to these vehicles or these mowers, you know, a lot of guys will try to go out there and use good products, right? They'll say, oh, I'm going to use a mobile one or I, I use a, 
a royal purple or Pennzoil or whatever the case may be. I'm using a synthetic motor oil and that's great. It's so awesome that people are trying to do a great job out of that. But, you know, it's just like us. We make other products for your vehicles, you know, for your truck, for your diesel, for your whatever the case may be. We make all these products, but we make different products for specific operating conditions, you know, and we've started, we've made uh, Briggs and Stratton racing oil. We've, if you've seen the new Kohler oil that's out there on the market, their 300 hour oil, you know, we're producing that for them as well. You know, these mower manufacturers are coming to us because nobody else is able to do what we've been able to do because we have so many years and so much time invested specifically in this industry to make sure that we can make this equipment last for a long, long time. Because you can spend more money on a mower than what you spend, you know, driving a daily driver, right? Just like you said, I mean, these, these mowers are expensive. Me personally, you know, I own a uh, Gravely Mach 1. You know, I have five acres that I mow uh, on my personal property, right? I have an Echo 2660. I have a, you know, a BR800 blower. So I'm using this stuff. I'm not just telling you about it, but I'm actually, I know firsthand uh, about these products. You know, right now, I just uh, recently picked up a uh, CS490 Echo chainsaw. And just for an experiment, I ran the True Fuel uh, premix in there because I just wanted to see. And that's the stuff the that everybody sells you that says, oh, it's the best stuff ever. That's, that's the stuff the dealers are trying to get you to buy. Absolutely. Yeah. And you know what the crazy thing is? And most people don't know this. Do you know how fast fuel degrades? Do you know what the timeline is? I don't. 30 days. 30 days and fuel starts to degrade. Right. Yeah. So if you're buying an 87 and 89 and 91 octane within 30 days, not from when you purchase it, not from when it, it for any of those things, it's from when it was made within 30 days, fuel starts to degrade. That's fact. So when you go to buy these products, especially things like pre-packaged fuels. I won't even say a brand. I'll just say, you know, there's because there's plenty of different ones out there, right? But they come in a can and they go to the store and they get packaged up. You know, how long are they at that department yeah, store? How long are they shelves. at people? How long Yeah, how how long have they sat there? How old is that fuel from the second that you do it? If you've ever been through a warranty process on any of your handheld equipment, the very first thing they ask for is a fuel sample. And if your fuel's not up to snuff, warranty null and void. They will cover nothing, huh. right? Yeah. I've never personally so, had to do that, but that's, know, it, I mean, it makes sense. Yeah. So, I mean, 30 days. And the other great thing about our Sabre product is it has a built-in fuel stabilizer built into the oil. So it has a, a short-term fuel stabilizer built in for, you know, for longer-term storage, things like that. I would still suggest, you know, using our fuel stabilizer, but, you know, it has a built-in short-term fuel stabilizer. Right. So if it's going to sit for a month or two and it's not going to get used, which is rare for this industry. But, you know, if you have a short winter season, depending on where you're at in the country, you know, it may only sit for a month or two and you're going to have stuff fired back up. You know, so you save on costs there, too. So, you know, right now, like I said, go back to the chainsaw is I've been using that True Fuel uh, 50 to 1 premix. And let me tell you, I've got about five hours on that chainsaw. It's already losing RPMs. It's already not running as well. I'm already seeing, 
you know, like carbon and tar come out of the exhaust ports as we speak. And I'm sitting here going, Eric, how much longer are you going to do this? Because you know what the effects of this stuff is. <laughs> that was the question but, uh, I was about to ask you. I was about to say, how long are you going to stick with it? I don't know. I'm, I'm about done. So I made it through like one can of true fuel and, and I'm about it. Right. So it's, it's, we're about done with that one can, but I'm going to try to take some pictures and throw it up on my Instagram. And my goal is, is to throw in and start using my Anzoil and uh, Saver 2 cycle to throw it in there and just see without doing anything else, without using our power foam products to clean everything out without using our fuel system cleaners or any of these other things. I just want to throw Anzo in there and see if it'll clean it up. So we'll see. We'll see how it's going to turn out. Yeah, have a little test session. Well, yeah, I want to see those pictures for sure when you uh, when you switch and stuff uh, to see how it's performing. But so, so I know y'all do oil. That's what y'all specialize in. When you're talking about this small engine stuff, what do you recommend uh, the gas? Now, I personally put 89 in my small engine stuff, and then I put 87 in my uh, zero turns. But what do y'all – I mean, I'm sure you recommend 91, obviously. But what do you know the differences in that? I mean, how does that affect the small engine equipment mixed with your oil? And it, can you comment on that at all, or do you know uh, about that? So the thing that I'll say is always consult your owner's manual. Because some of this equipment calls for different things. And okay. there's a reason that they call for a specific octane rating, right? Depending on how they have the carburetor set up, what the compression ratios are. So compression ratios are everything when it comes to fuel. Um, so I, I, I wouldn't give a recommendation there uh, necessarily other than, you know, follow what your owner's manual says on your equipment. If you don't have the owner's manual, say that you bought it up secondhand, they're, everything's digital now. You can go onto the manufacturer's websites. You can pull up a digital PDF version of your owner's manual and look these things up without a problem and find out, you know, what does your equipment ask for? Um, you know, I know there's a big debate between ethanol-free and, you know, 10%, you know, your E10s, things yep. like that. So um, me personally, I'm an ethanol-free guy. Um, you know, but it's not always the easiest thing depending on where you live in the country. So, you know, it's a, it's a big thing. Ethanol is a bad, bad thing for our equipment. You know, it has corn based, it's alcohol based, and it will eat rubber from the inside out. So a lot of times you will get, you know, the fuel system will start sucking air and then the equipment won't run as well and things like that. So, you know, if you can avoid it, it's not always just about, you know, uh, it attracts water, which is what a lot of people know that it does, you know, and they're like, well, my equipment, you know, I use it every day, so I don't have to worry about it sitting in, you know, phase separation and all these different things. Well, the problem is, is that it's, it's an alcohol base. So it actually eats your fuel lines from the inside out. And almost every one of these pieces of equipment have rubber fuel lines on them. Yep. Yeah. And that's, you took the, the question out of my mouth. That's what I was going to ask is I've always heard as long as you're using it quick enough, it's not going to mess it up, but obviously it does mess it up even because it's got that alcohol base in it, right? Right. And it's, it's, it could take a long time, right? I'm not saying this stuff happens overnight. Could you be okay using it? Absolutely. Can't, if you can't get ethanol free, I understand. You got to use what's available in your area, but if you can't avoid it, to me, it's worth the extra money to go ethanol free. Yeah. And, and we're, we're talking long term things here because like you said we're talking seven eight ten years down the road that y'all that equipment is still running and that's 
that's the kind of stuff that if you're using that ethanol free would I, I would personally I would think that it would help the longevity of the of the piece of equipment last, right? Exactly. And that's the thing. I mean when when we come when when you talk about the long care industry, you know, when you really start breaking this stuff down, if you're really tracking man hours, you're really try uh, tracking your route density and you really start breaking all of this stuff down if you can get a one, two, three, four, five percent gain in all these little areas, it can account for thousands of dollars depending on the size of your business, right? And so if you do these things right from the beginning of your business and say you're working out of a Honda Civic and you have a push mower and a blower and, you know, a, a string trimmer, you know, why not do it right from the beginning? Because as you scale, if you do it right from the beginning, it's going to save you time and money. And time is something that none of us can ever get back. Yep. It's the most valuable thing that we have. It, it truly is. Um, so I, you've, multiple, you've mentioned multiple times the carbon emissions. And that's a, I know it's a big topic in the world today with uh, going to battery-powered equipment and all that stuff. So are you saying that the Amsoil products helps with carbon emissions also on these machines? Absolutely. So the big, I know I, and I kind of breezed over it. So, you know, these products, the Sabre two cycle oil, it can be mixed at a hundred to one ratio instead of a 50 to one ratio. You're fine at 50 to one. If you're not comfortable going to hundred to one, I have some guys that run 80 to one and I have multiple guys that run hundred to one. Right. And they're still getting longevity out of these engines. You know, obviously though, the, the leaner oil mix ratio that we can do, you know, the less emissions that it's going to put out. But even if you want to go to the 50 to one, it still runs cleaner. It has more, uh, you know, it's a, a top grade synthetic base oil. It has super high lubricity. It has a super high concentrated active cleaning ingredients, which keeps everything clean on the inside, right? So if you don't have those carbon deposits in the exhaust ports and the spark arresters, then you don't get all the smoke, right? Because it's breathing properly. And the oil itself isn't burning off because of the temperature. A lot of time you're seeing that smoke either A, because it's, you know, coating the top of the cylinder and things like that when you first start it up. But a lot of guys, you'll see them still, you know, on the throttle and they'll be smoking the whole time that they're you know trimming a yard and it shouldn't be that way yeah yeah and that's something that i've i've personally seen there's a lot of guys in my area that i've they don't always run the best equipment and they they're grinding they're doing it but i've i've seen that where there's just tons of smoke and stuff and that's not even that this is using these products as something that you can i've battery powered is the way of the future that's what everybody's talking about and that's where we're going um so I've heard a lot of people say, if you started, if you start integrating that stuff in your business now, you can sell to customers saying you're better for the, you're, you're protecting the environment and all that. Well, at this point in time, battery powered is not to the point where I could fully run my business with a battery powered equipment. So for the guys that are out there using, still using gas powered, and I will be, and I'm sure the majority will be for at least the next, what, five or 10 years. It's coming, but we're not there yet. And, um, so if you're right. out there you and you start using these Amazon products, then that's another thing that you can take to your customer and say that you don't have to tell them, yeah, I'm using Amazon products, but you can say, yeah, our equipment runs with <laughs> our equipment runs with, uh, the equip, the stuff we use in our fuel helps the carbon emissions stay low or however you want to word it. 
But that's something that sure. that you, if you're in a, like a, say you're in a tight neighborhood community, you're and there's kids out running around. You got dogs, animals, all that stuff. You can say, hey, we're going to be in here and we're going to be running this stuff, but we're putting out the least carbon emissions as as we can because we're taking these extra steps in our business to do that. And and I feel like you are going to get into a higher end community that way, and especially in these places that are you have super tight routes, super packed neighborhoods where. There's, if I'm kind of an open pasture, nobody cares about the carbon emissions there. But when you're in those tight neighborhoods, that could be a selling point in your business to say, hey, we're taking care of the environment and we're trying to protect you and your animals and your, and your family in using these extra, uh, these extra products in our business. You just gave me a new selling point. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There you go. I mean, that's it, it's something that you that you should take and hit on. I mean, if if you really think about it, that's something that you can use because that is such a big deal nowadays. If you turn on any news channel, at some point in the day, they're going to be talking about carbon emissions. And if you right. really if you really want to help the environment, and and I feel like I don't know. I already said it. We we don't have to go back into it, but. There's so many people that I know that are in these tight neighborhoods, and if I was a if I was a resident looking for service, and I had Chuck in the truck come up say, uh, "Hey, we'll do this for twenty dollars," or if I had a good uh, company, reputable company, come up and say, "Hey, we're gonna uh, cut your yard, we're gonna maintain it, and we use these products, we reduce the carbon emissions as much as possible." Um, we are trying to look out for your family, for your neighbors, help the environment, but we charge $40 or $35, whatever the five or $10 more than what the other guy's charging. I would be okay with paying that extra service, that extra service fee, because what you're getting out of it in the protection of your family and what you're taking in every day. So that's something that Eric, you need to take and sell and say, uh, Jeremiah Jennings gets all the credit for it, but I'm just kidding. (laughs) Well, and you know, it's funny and I won't go into like how deep that, you know, Amsoil is really about conservation and the, and the environment and everything, but, uh, it is a huge, uh, thing with Amsoil, uh, with, you know, all the packaging that's recycled and all the, you know, containers and all these different things that we do to make sure that, you know, uh, an oil company is not necessarily known as something that's going to be clean and all these different things, but, you know, you know, the things that, we do preach in that community, you know, for Earth Day, I put some statistics out there on my Instagram and things like that, you know, about all the carbon emissions and things like that. You know, when it comes to, let's talk about your truck real quick, right? You know, with these vehicles, gas engines, you can run these gas engine on our Amsoil Signature Series for 15,000 miles in between oil changes or once a year, right? Because Ever, all the equipment in this arena is going to be considered severe service. If you're not severe service on our signature series oil, you can run up to 25,000 miles. But everybody that's listening to this podcast right now is a severe service client, right? You're going to run 15,000 miles on an oil change or once a year, right? Our diesel oil, you can run up two times what the factory drain interval is or up to 25,000 miles on severe service. So when you're talking about, you know, emissions and you're talking about less waste oil, less downtime, lower uh, maintenance costs and all these different things, you know, it, it all adds up. And on top of that, you know, you get, you know, four to six time better wear protection, depending on the product that we're talking about, you know, on your engines, you know, our greases for all your spindles and bearings and all these different things. We have so many different products like 
the the conversation we're having here today, like I don't want to go off on a tangent, but we could literally have four or five episodes just about our different products. And I'm really just trying to focus on two. Yeah. Yeah. And that's something that, uh, I, I would definitely love to hear more about it in the future. Uh, because like, I mean, in this business, you, you talked about y'all have grease products and stuff. You got to have grease. You got to have good grease in our industry. If you don't, your equipment's going to be breaking down all the time. Uh, but so we talked exactly. about we talked about all this how this stuff works in your equipment how to use it let's talk about now um, your your packaging in all of it like your uh, how to get it and the price points on all of it and and what I mean by packaging is so in this two cycle oil do you do you all package it in, in like the gallon size things or do you only put it in the little uh, cans to mix? So yeah, great question, great question. So when it comes to our two-cycle oil, our Saber two-cycle, we actually make several two-cycles, but what we talk about with this industry is the Saber, right? Yep. Um, so when it comes to our two-cycle oil, we make everything from a 1.5-ounce packet all the way up to 55-gallon drums. So basically, however you want to mix, whether you're mixing in one-gallon uh, jugs, if you're mixing in two-and-a-half-gallon jugs, five-gallon jugs, or if, you know, I actually have some accounts that have, you know, 500 gallon fuel tanks because they have crews of 35 trucks and, you know, 50, uh, you know, members and, you know, 150 pieces of equipment, they go through 500 gallons of fuel a month. So, you know, they go through this fuel very, very quickly and they're buying it by the 55 gallon drum. Or if you're, you know, chucking a truck, you're in the back of a Honda Civic and you're trying to make this and figure this out. I got a 1.5 ounce packet for you. So basically any size that you need, we have, and you're able to mix it however you want. So if you're a person that wants to make sure that you don't mix any of your stuff wrong, you buy it in the right packaging, and you just open up your packaging, throw it in your uh, your fuel mixture, and you're good to go. If you want to save a little bit of money and buy in bulk, we can do that. And then you just you know measure out your measuring device and throw that into your fuel. You can do that as well. So basically, any way you want it, we can give it to you. And that's big. That's what I was curious about because that was going to be my only holdup uh, on it. Was I don't when not, when when you're cutting grass and, and doing whatever you're doing in the maintenance industry, using these pieces of equipment, um, you're going through gas so so quickly that to me, I I don't I don't see the purpose in spending the extra money and buying the little containers. You do get a perfect. I know you do get a perfect ratio every time. Uh, but to me, I always right. just buy it in the gallon and then measure, I have measuring cups on the trailer. So I just do it that way. And that's what I was worried about was, did you have it in that gallon size? Because for me, that's what we do in our business. We don't buy the little container. So that's good to know, uh, about that. So pricing, what are we talking about there? Are we looking, uh, I, I got on the website. I saw that the gallon of the, the, uh, four stroke oil was like $44 or something like that. Um, but, and that's about what you would pay for anything else at a normal store, maybe a little more expensive. So on this, uh, Sabre oil, what you looking about the same as other stuff, a little more, a little more expensive. What are we looking at there? So being that this is, uh, considered a national, uh, podcast, I'm actually not allowed to talk about the commercial pricing exactly, okay. but I will tell you that it is very, very, very competitive. And I will tell you that, you know, with what I can do, what I specialize in is our commercial programs, right? So commercial program, 
is anybody that is a registered business. So if you've registered with the state, if you've set up any type of LLC, if you've got a business license, whatever the case may be, if you're a legitimate lawn care business, I can set you up as a commercial account. Um, anybody that has questions about pricing, I have no problem answering that in private conversations, and we can sidebar in this, but being that this is uh, considered a national broadcast, I can't actually talk about it. Um, so just because the savings are so great, um, that it's, we, I can't talk about it. So it's, uh, it's a great thing. You save about 25% for those who have very large businesses that are doing, you know, $5,000 with a product a year, you can save any, even more for those businesses that are doing, that are very, very large. They're doing $10,000 of the product a year, which I have those accounts. They save even more, right? But even if you're just, like I said, a guy that's got one mower, one weed eater, and, you know, whatever the case may be, we have an account for you and we can save you money to, you know, optimize everything. So anybody that wants to reach out to me, I can definitely give out all of that information. Well, that's awesome. That's good to hear. And uh, so that the commercial program I'd send out on your Instagram. So if y'all have businesses, uh, legit businesses, reach out to Eric and he'll hook you up. I'm definitely going to be doing that. As soon as we hang up the phone here, we're going to get uh, get cracking. I want to get some of this stuff and try it out. So, uh, well, we can't we can't finish up this podcast without talking about our one thing that we have in common. We've never met in person, but we do have one thing in common, and that is we have both had accidents with losing our fingers. So, <laughs> so I heard you talk about that on Paul's podcast. If for anybody that hasn't heard that, just tell a quick story if you don't mind what happened, and because uh, I think if anybody's listened to mine and you don't know about my story, go back a few episodes and you can hear it. Uh, but tell us about what happened there and, and how we can relate on that. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, for people that don't know my background, I was actually a certified Marine technician uh, for almost nine years. Uh, so I worked on uh, everything from high performance race boats to yachts and cruisers and all these different things. So um, I was working on a, gosh, I can't remember, it was a 46 or 48 foot sea ray. Uh, I don't think that really matters, but we were pulling an engine and transmission out of the boat to uh, get it fixed. And I was literally standing on top of the engine uh, and we were using one of those great big forklifts, the Marina Bulls, and it had a chain winch wrapped around the boom of the uh, forklift. And, uh, you know, I'm giving my signals, you know, raise the uh, forklift, do all these different things. Well, all of a sudden the chain winch slipped loose and it started spinning. And of course I'm holding onto the chain and it sucked my finger directly into the winch. Um, so I was like, Oh crap. <laughs> so, uh, luckily I didn't freak out and pull my finger out of it. So I actually told them, I waved at the forklift operator and I told him to lower the forklift. We lowered it back on top of the engine mounts. And then I actually reversed the chain winch and pulled my finger out. I grabbed my other hand, wrapped it around the base of my pinky, and I said, well, time to go to the hospital. And, uh, yeah, it wasn't pretty. <laughs> I can attest to that. It is not pretty. And and that's – if you do – we take something funny, and I can turn it into something serious real quick. If you do have an accident like that and you're in the field working, it, what you said is exa- it's so important. You didn't just rip your finger out. Because if you would have done that, you would have done so much damage to it. And you don't know if they could – because they repaired yours, right? They put it back on there. 
Yeah, 16 stitches in my pinky. Yeah, and that's your smallest finger, and you got 16 stitches. So that tells a lot. But if you do have an accident out there, it's got, stuff's going to happen over the years. I'm sure somebody else will run into this problem. Somebody that's probably listening to this podcast will run into this problem or, or has in the past. And if you have, you know you got to be smart and don't let your adrenaline just take over and you react. You have to react the right way. You can't don't just rip your hand out of something if it gets stuck. Uh, if you do cut it off or something, make sure you pick it up, go put it in some ice or something. And what you said was you wrapped it, and that's exactly what I did. We you wrap it, you stick it back together, and you put pressure on it to keep yourself from bleeding out. And uh, so. If you do have an accident like that, and I put it above my head, <laughs> yep, that's right. And hey, and that's a that's true though. I mean, it it's, it helps with the bleeding, it helps with the throbbing, um, helps with the pain. So if you do have an accident, just remember, react the right way. Don't don't let your adrenaline just take you and uh, and take you over. But this has been super fun, man. It's been uh, really. I've learned a lot from it, and I, I hope anybody that has listened has learned a lot from it. Uh, is there anything else that you kind of want to hit on or, or leave somebody else with that, that doesn't know that you had not talked about or anything? I mean, there's plenty that we can go over. I think that we hit a lot. I mean, long story short is, you know, if you want to take advantage of the Enzo products, reach out to me. Um, you know, you can reach out to me on my cell phone directly. Uh, that's 573 286 five nine nine three or you can reach out to me on instagram at oilguy86 that's o-i-l-g-u-y the number eight six and then you can also reach me on my uh website so you can go directly on my website and order off there uh to get the commercial account the easiest way to reach out is to me directly um but my website is firstsynthetic.com that's the number one s-t synthetic s-y-n dot com, So you can reach out there. But the moral of all this is, you know, if you decide to choose uh, Amazon products, it's going to make your equipment last longer. It's going to have less downtime and less frustration for your business, which essentially will save you time and money down the road. That's huge, man. That's huge. I mean, time is money. That's, that's the saying that you've always heard, time is money. And uh, I, I fully believe that this is a product that, is can really change your business for in that aspect of stuff not breaking down. Uh, it sounds to be a really good product. I've like I said before, I've never personally used it, but I can't wait to get started using it and take y'all along on Instagram and stuff back on the podcast um, and and talk about how it's worked and all that. But um, without further ado, that's kind of kind of wrap this one up. It's been a joy having you on here, Eric. I super appreciate your time. We're doing this late at night. Uh, you putting the kids in bed, dealing with your own family stuff, and it means a lot to me that you take time out of your day to, to come on here and just speak to our audience and uh, try to give them some more value in their business and help them out. I appreciate you having me. I really do. Well, it's it's been an honor to have you here. So, uh, guys, go check them out. Like you said, go check them out on Instagram. Uh, all, you can get a, all access to all the Amswell products on there. Uh, reach out to him directly. If you miss something, you can reach out to me, and, and I'll get you in touch with him. But he made it pretty clear how to get in touch with him there. So if you're interested in it, go check it out. It sounds to be a really good product, and I can't wait to start using it. But you can uh, reach us at Growing Green Landscapes on Instagram. Go uh, If you like the episode, go screenshot it, share it to your stories. Uh, kind of get us out there to all your friends and followers and, and tell them about what we're doing here on the podcast. It's... Um, something that I've been wanting to do for a while, and I'm glad I started. Uh, go on to the, all your platforms and leave the ratings and reviews, if you will, if you like it. 
uh, go do that, and it'll really help us social proof this thing and get us out there to reach more people. So, Eric, I uh, super appreciate having you on, man. I can't wait to uh, get started using the products and then link back up with you down the road here after I've started, and we can discuss personal use and maybe some more products uh, down the line that you have also. Sounds like a plan. I appreciate you. Yes, sir, buddy. Well, guys, that's going to wrap this one up. Uh, thank you so much for tuning in. Uh, go check us out on Instagram, all the other uh, platforms as well to, that you can listen to the podcast on, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, all that stuff. So um, can't wait to tune in to uh, the next episode here. I hope you enjoyed this one. We're going to be putting out two or three a week here from, from here on out. So uh, it's been a super fun time tonight. I can't wait to get the next one out here and just connect with you all and grow this thing even bigger. So uh, without further ado, that's going to wrap this one up. We'll see you all later. Oh, 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 oh,